Hello and welcome to another episode of the Meg Podcast. Um, this this week, this week, this month. I always say something like this week or this month, and it could be a completely random time. Anyway, this episode we're going to have somewhat of an army list theme about it. Uh, we're going to look, have a bit of a look back at the Skull Rollers army lists and look forward to 2024 as Richard has put up a list of possible changes up on the forum for review, comment, even discussion. Um, hopefully not too many people going off on one, but you know we are wargamers, we do like to do that occasionally. Um, so as we're looking back at the Skull Rollers lists, oh, and just to, before we get on to that, uh, we're not gonna go through them all folks. Um, you know, there were 33 entrants and we would be here for, for days if we did that. But anyway, because we're going through, through the Skulls lists, um, we've invited two guests along who were at the competition. Um, we've got James Hammy Hamilton Hello. Um, and Rob Hutton. Hiya. So they're joining Richard, Matt and myself. So welcome to everybody. Good evening. Evening. So, I mean, I think we start off first by looking at the skulls list the skull rollers lists um so what we're going to do with this is just look at a few of the lists um mainly ones that caught have caught our eye um as i said there were the 33 entrants with 32 lists so you know straight up there there's only one duplicate list amongst the players um we're going to definitely look at hammy's list um discuss that because hammy won the competition um, and his list was possibly a bit unusual as well um also, well, again, one of the reasons we invited Rob is that uh, Rob tells me that his result at Skull Rollers was his actually his best competition result since he started playing Meg. So first up, well done for Rob. But I just thought he might want to explain why he thinks he did so well with his particular army. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we like a bit of a success story with people doing better than they have previously. Um, but I think... Maybe first up, I'll just ask everybody here, you know, just, just a, a quick round of their impressions of the lists chosen. You know, I just said, you know, there were 33 players, 32 different lists. Um, so, you know, it, the only duplication was early medieval low countries, which Sid and Robin Spence used. Um, so anyway, just a thought on that, that variety. Um, were people surprised? I hope they were pleased. Anyway, Hammy. I think it's great to see lots of different lists. Um, there was some debate, uh, some discussion on, I think, on a Facebook group from someone about how most of the lists seem to be later dated. But I think that might just be what people want to pick at the moment rather than necessarily reflecting that the later dated lists are specifically better. Um, the other thing I found really interesting about the list is the variety and the number of si the size of number of tugs in them there were several with five tugs which is not a lot um so i need to have a look at those in a bit more detail yeah they're think quite we, fun um, yeah one of those was richard basilowski's romans wasn't it it was yeah. a roman with five tugs a patchneg with five tugs yeah. a swiss with five tugs oh yeah i played that one <laughs> um so the the there was an interesting variation from the norm there were loads of armies in there that i i didn't expect one or two i did expect um but then again you know my army i didn't expect that either so hey makes life that interesting was, 
we'll come to that, that in a minute. Come to that later, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rob, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I was, I'm pretty much the same as Hammy in the, it was a really good selection of lists from Barnsley. I mean, and yeah, the bias was sort of the later, but that might be just the current meta that we've got at the moment. But although saying that, I picked Miami because it's one that I'd started use, using. So, and that just happened to be in the medieval period anyway. So, and it's the it's the period I've got more most interest in, to be honest. Good reason, Richard. Yeah, I, I should say that I didn't uh, partake in the competition. Uh, I was happily on board a river cruiser in Portugal at the time. Um, but uh, the the range of lists was what I guess pleased me most, uh, including uh, a North American list as well. Which yeah, you don't often see. Um, so I think it shows that the uh, strength of the point system in that we seem to get a wide range of armies that people at least believe are competitive, uh, whether they are or not. Um, and hopefully it leads to a situation where um, uh, you need to be a good player to win. Well, the North Americans came 16th, which isn't bad, you know, halfway halfway in the thing with, yeah, an unusual army. It is, yeah. Ma- Matt, your your thoughts as you know, uh, we we always we always hold you up as the uh, a man for uh, a left field choice. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, looking barking through this, mad is the other. Yeah, yeah. Again, like like. Like like Richard, you 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 couldn't play at this one, unfortunately. Um, but just your views on the you know that that selection of armies. Um, initially, I was when I originally when the runners and riders first went up, I thought, oh, there's a lot of wall of crud in there, big armies of tugs that just wear you down through attrition. And I think thinking on it afterwards, uh, after the initial, uh, it's a little unfair. There were a lot more players. Therefore, a bigger field, so more army. So I think the average was probably the same. To be perfectly honest, it just looked like there were a lot more you know, medieval Scottish, those kind of big armies that are just really hard to kill in any any um, short order. Um, yeah, if you see what I mean. Um, no, I was really impressed by field. The one list that I really wanted to see was uh, Lee Saunders' Nicophorian Byzantine, but unfortunately he couldn't make the competition, so I haven't seen it. <laughs> so that was yes. actually the one that interested me the most to be honest that but... all right yeah well uh, I, I as i was i was list checking i did see it um although you know because unfortunately Lee had to 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 withdraw due to um something happening at work um and oh all, all i will say about it because you know lee wouldn't want us to start talking about a list he hadn't used is that lee lee designs very good lists in my view um but also ones that, you know, Lee is a very good player and he can get the best out of. You know, I, I think his, his Nicophorium was very good. I don't think I could use it well. You know, it suits Lee down to the ground. <laughs> so, and I've, I've played against him when he's used Nicophorium. It's it's really, really tough. So, you know, I think I'd, I'd agree with everybody there. It was, it was great to see such a, a variety um, of armies. Um, I was a bit concerned. I was a bit concerned after 
BritCon, because um, I think we had, we had something like half a dozen, was it Crusaders or 100 Years War English, or a combination of them. There seemed to be a, a sort of move towards people taking that. So perhaps this was a bit of reaction. People didn't want to just take another repeat of one of those <laughs> popular armies from BritCon. So, you know, I think, I think it's really good. I think Richard's right as well. It does show faith in the point system. You know, I, th I think, you know, it's, you know, whilst I was certainly, you know, as Rob hinted with his army, you know, there's people taking armies because they like them, like the history or something about them. Some people will be taking them because they think they're effective or a combination of both. So we're getting a good mix. I think, I think it's really, really positive. Long way it continues. It sort of restored my faith a bit in open competitions as well. They're, they're you know, I always, I always admit they're not my favourite. I prefer themes, but after Skull Rollers, you know, I think, oh yeah, actually, I do like them when they're like this. I definitely prefer themes. Always, not always have, but you know, back in the DBM and the Fog days, I I liked the theme themed events more. After a while, initially, I was quite happy with open and found armies that worked in open events, but I struggle to work out what armies to take to a, a, an open event. I've got no idea, too much choice. <laughs> so, says the person who won the competition. With an army that he didn't choose, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> again, we will, we will come to this very, very soon. Uh, that's a story in itself, but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's very, you know, I think we've said before, it's important we do have open competitions in the calendar because some people do prefer them. We have, a, I think we have a good mix. Yeah. Um, I think my, my only reservation, I'd be nice if, if BritCon and Skulls could be another month or so apart, mm -hmm. month or two apart Yeah. in an ideal world. But, you know, we're stuck with limited number of weekends in a year and Brit venues. Yeah, BritCon's pretty solid date-wise. That's always going to be the, the August date because of the venue. But yeah, if people keep choosing a good variety of armies, we're going to be good to go. Anyway, I think we all, it's good to know that at least between our, our, little, our little group here on this podcast, we were quite positive about the armies taken. So I think it's now time to move on to actual army lists. And it's only right and proper that we start with Hammy, who won it. Um, that's one reason. And also, as I'm sure he will now explain, the way he came to choose his army list, because as he just said, he didn't actually choose it. Um, <laughs> there might be a lesson for us all in that. Actually. It's an interesting <laughs> one. Surprise me. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so over to you, yeah. Hammy. I, I was the last person to submit a list, I think, or nearly the last. And I was getting you must send your list and everybody else has done it. Everybody else knows what they bring. I had no idea what to bring. Now, for I was in a similar position at BritCon, but I had a short list of three. And Matt was the list checker for BritCon. And uh, I offered up the list of three to Matt and he rolled a dice and sent me a video of him rolling a dice. <laughs> and that selected my army. And I think it was Kurdish that I used at BritCon, which is a perfectly good army and they were good fun. But for this one, Matt said, Matt, Matt chimed in on the discussion group. Why didn't I just roll a dice? And I thought, maybe. And then we worked out that I can't do Japanese or African or American armies. So we, we knocked those list books out. We came up with, I know, is it 33 list books, Matt? Something like that? Yep, it was 33. He rolled the dice dutifully. And I think it came up, was it number eight? I can't remember. But anyway, he rolled the nice dice for list book. And then he rolled another random number for list within that book. And it came up Etruscan. 
So I had a quick look at an Etruscan army and looked at some pictures of what they looked like and had a quick think and figured I can probably codge something together that doesn't look horribly out of place to be Etruscans. And then wrote an army list based on that. Um, simply, this is an army list. What can you do with it? I had no idea. I'd never looked at an Etruscan list before. I was slightly surprised to discover it's got a troop type I've never seen on the table before, which was quite interesting and also fun. Um, so the, the the core of the army were the infantry with Pelum, who are long spear, shield cover, charge only javelin, which I thought would work really, really well against shooty cavalry and quite well against arch uh, longbowmen and can fight as well. I mean, it, it's sort of everything in one one bo boat, really. They seem to be a really good troop type. Good against pretty much any cavalry, actually, because of the long spear as well. Well, the long spear, yeah, you can afford to charge cavalry with them. And with the shoot and charge against cavalry, in, in and not going to go into details again, but in the very first game I played, the first game I played, the first charge was a unit of infantry with Pelham against a four of Roman cavalry. My shoot, I, I, I didn't charge at foot maximum range. I got right up close and personal. He was unable to move away because he didn't have the card. Next turn, I charged from less than one base width, threw my javelins, got three results, slowed him by two, by two base widths. He had to flee rather than skirmish, dutifully rolled a one, caught him in the rear. His unit exploded in one turn. But, you know, you've got three shoot and charge javelins on, on white dice coming in at that point. It's quite scary for cavalry. It, it, it is, actually. Yeah. Actually, I've got a thought. You, you, you said... You'd never seen those before. I've seen something similar because at Burton earlier this year, I played a, a Camillan Roman, which has similar, mm. but unlike the Etruscans, where all the troops are long spear, charge only javelin, the Romans right. only have one rank of charge only javelin. Ah, so they actually get... roll black dice. Black. Yeah, these are all. Yeah, I don't know if Richard would want to comment on that difference. It only just struck me now, actually, when you mentioned it. Yeah, um, the Etruscan pylum, uh, I I put in as an idea because the pylum originated with the Etrurians, or that that at least seems to be one of the major theories of where the pylum originated from, mm -hmm. um, and. There's no clear evidence, unlike the Roman system of Astarte, Principes and Triari that the Camillans adopted, and and the source is quite specifically saying only Astarte have the javelin. Um, the um, Etruscans, there's, there's no clear-cut evidence of how they actually used it. So I introduce it as a bit of a difference. Now, there was one factor which was quite important in the list, which was the, yeah, <laughs> the idea that, that the um, unit should only be sixes. The embarrassed coughing for, at this point is because I was a list checker and I completely missed it. So Hammy's list has these troops in tugs of eight. Yeah. And they should only be in six. So obviously but, the individual tugs yeah, are. So the army, the army actually only had 10 tugs in it. 
as a result, it didn't go to the 11 that most people would expect for an army with that number of bases or with with sixes. Um, I, I re-looked at the infantry, uh, the army and, and rejigged it in the light of things that were missed by Mr. Lischecker. Sorry, I did it in a hurry. I've never looked at the army before, <laughs> no, nor had no. he, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, no, uh, the important thing to note here is obviously there's no no blame on Hammy. Hammy got his list checked. I cocked up. That's why we do, you know, we have list checking to make sure basically, you know, yeah, that things are right, but list checkers make yeah. mistakes. And this was a good example of it, you know, and then you, in fact, nobody noticed it during the competition either. So. No. Um, if if the infantry had been in sixes, I don't think it would have made a massive difference. If in some ways having a an extra tug, which the new army version of the army does, it it still has five tugs of no no five five tugs of infantry with Pelham, and it gains a full fat spear tug, so eight spear with shield cover, shove, and orb. Um, so you've still got a decent spear unit. It gives you an extra manoeuvre element and the infantry with Pelham can. And this might be something you want. You do want to do, because if you want to restrict what the army can do, the infantry in sixes can still deploy three deep. And then they're as good, if not better than an eight, just on a slightly shorter frontage. If you want to stop the uh, James the or Scots-ness of it in some ways, you might want to say that the infantry of Pelham have to deploy and can't deploy in more than two ranks, because I, if I with, with them in sixes, if I needed a heavy needed to put them into a heavy combat, I'd put them three deep, and they work really well three deep. They're actually strong. Two sixes is obviously better than an eight, but you've still not lost a manoeuvre element because I've gained a manoeuvre element elsewhere because the units have got smaller. I. I don't know what MGL thinks. I don't think that. I don't think that's necessary. I, yeah, I, I mean, I personally, I, I think the if you put them three deep, you're paying for probably a third rank of charge only javelin that you're not using. True. Um, I don't think it's a huge factor, and I have I, for what it's worth, I have no plans to change the Etruscan list. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I've used it once. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and back, back to the comment I, I made about the Romans. You know, it. You know, the Romans are different. It's a different army. You yes. Know, uh, I, it was just my interest in maybe why. Um, mm. You know, there's no reason they have to be the same. So thanks, Richard. It was interesting but, to uh, hear the thinking behind it. Sorry, Hammy, back to you. Yeah. So, but basically, you know, I've I've been task to build a list from an army I've never looked at. I've got no idea how it's going to work. I don't normally use spear armed infantry, but they seem fun. So charge only javelins and spears. And I had a long think about actually how I might use the army, which I don't normally. I just build an army and put it on the table. Although I never played a practice game with it. But the army performed very much as I expected it would. You're able to move the infantry in the, because they're all formed, or in the case of the the, the Linnean Legion Samnites, they're drilled, they're very manoeuvrable. You can apply a lot of pressure in different places. And even if your infantry do get maybe picked on, a unit of infantry will still hang around for a while. Most things that pick on you tend to be on horses. Long spears are very good against that. Um, got a shield cover if they're shooty horses. Exactly, exactly. Um, in, in all the games, basically, what I found was, although I didn't have, uh, I only had 10 tugs, 
all the tugs were decent. And most armies that you fight against don't have 10 tugs that can all fight. The end result being you've got a spare tug somewhere. And in, in one of the games, I managed to use two of the, the, the two skirmisher sugs in a forest fighting against two of me two enemy tugs. I didn't care. My sugs yeah. died, my camp died, but that was two more of his tugs out of the way, which meant I had a three or four tug superiority on the rest of the line and was able to exploit holes, gaps, and rip things to pieces. Yeah. So it, it it actually was more manoeuvrable than I expected. Um very manoeuvrable and powerful without being overpowerful. I think in some armies you maybe focus on trying to make the, the the power troops super effective. And in this you can't. The the best you've got are Lenin Legion, who are decent, but they're not, you know, devastating charger, charging lancer, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they're just solid troops. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting point you just made there, you ten ten tugs, uh, you know, obviously. You know the advantages of having an odd number. Yeah, seems more efficient. But there's a sort of point there, isn't there? Of don't don't in some way da damage your army by forcing yourself to have to go to that from say ten to eleven. Yeah, if it, you'd have to weaken another unit mm. to get probably a really but, weak unit in to make it eleven. So well, it, I mean the 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 revised the, the revised list which takes the Pelham infantry down to sixes. I still don't think a six of long spear charging the javelin is a weak unit. It's no. it's a perfectly solid unit. Um, and effectively, I've got 11 good tugs, which is brilliant. Even even the Etruscan cavalry in the revised list have gone from a four to a six. They were kind of a half unit that just put themselves in the right place. They're now actually a proper fighting unit. So, yeah, just, I like it. Yeah, just, just for the listeners, um, a, a revised list was put up with the uh, skull rollers lists. Yeah, I think I've, I've I think I've re-revised it since then. Actually, I, was say, I think you you have, but a a legal list is up there, which is is sort of broadly what Hammy's talking about. So, yeah, it's it yeah. a question for everybody here. You know, I, you know, obviously Hammy's list is basically built around long spear infantry, <laughs> and I think, and I'm guilty of this, uh, that a lot of the time we think long spear infantry are a bit not quite good enough. They're almost, uh, you know, the odd unit is great because you can really muck up some cavalry with it. But a whole army of them, you know, is, is, has Hammy proved us wrong? It's not a whole, it's, it had had five, had five tugs, yeah, but which isn't a whole lot. army. Yeah, There's a lot. People only have one in just to sort of yes. blunt cavalry and go for other things. You know, are people surprised that Longspear did so well? Rob shaking his head. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I played against a lot of Longspear armies in sort of club games and things like that. And it just seems to be like the backbone of a lot of the ancient armies that I've played against. And it just seems yeah, so I, so I think <laughs> without the charge only javelin, they would be distinctly worse that that makes a big difference i'd say I, i'd be i'm surprised they did so well in an open themed not so much because i think where you see long spear do really well is when they're in combination with something else so um dev charges in the frisian list for example oh yeah. or here where you've got unskilled uh, where you've got um shoot and charge javelins oh 
you rarely see a hoplite army do well in a competition and you know up, upright greek yeah you know so and i'm trying yeah, to think I'm, I'm i'm actually I've, i'm just slightly different opinion i i think the uh, long spear armies can do quite well i i think the usually the the criticism i've got of the armies i've seen selected is that they don't have a response to certain types of army when they're being played um and what i liked actually about the etruscan as much as anything was that it actually had a unit of slingers and a unit of javelin men um as to combine with the um the um long spear so that um you've got that threat against some of the shooty armies um so i i actually think it's it's quite well balanced i think i think the original army isn't the better i think the revised legal list is actually the better army not <laughs> least because i like this the strength of the cavalry in the in the legal list the revised more the, than re, the re-revised legal list takes the samnite light cavalry to a six right which which actually i think the six of samnite light cavalry is i i used the etruscan cavalry which were the four in the original list as my fire brigade try and get them through a gap if there was an opportunity maybe hit somebody in the flank unit um and the samnite cavalry were the main fighters uh, for if you had to have fighting mounted. The revised list, the Etruscans take over the Samnite role, and as the average melee expert rather than the superior not melee expert, they're much the same. Um, but the Samnite light cavalry are quite an unusual troop type because they're flexible, protected, experienced javelin. Yeah. So they can actually form as, they can be a skirmish unit or a proper unit, and they can do the sneaky-weaky move up and and switch on the same turn potentially so that's a real extra threat that adds to the army and having them as a six is quite interesting yeah yeah the, i think it's the, the cost to get there from the list that you that you've put up on the list on the the forum is basically you drop the, the one of the two infantry of the first class drops to being infantry with pelham and goes yeah. from eight to six and the samnite cavalry um go up to being a six there might be there's another tweak somewhere else but it's not much mm. and yeah it ends up with two sixes of cavalry so there are, yeah. it, it's actually 11 tugs and none of them are rubbish <laughs> so it'll be i think it's even better <laughs> astonishing the legal, the legal army is better than the illegal one <laughs> i genuinely i genuinely believe this legal army is better Genuinely. So by accepting your legal army, I actually, I actually hindered you. Yes, <laughs> there's, there's a thought. Um, the other thing I, I, I would comment on on the army is the low PBS and scouting. Yeah, I don't care. Um, about that. Which um, is, I, I suppose, against the trend, current trend, which I'd say yes. people tend to go for more. Um, um, did it, did it actually hinder you in any games? not really um you have to be a bit careful with deployment um you expect to be out scouted there was one game where i won the scouting battle which was fantastic um but i generally deployed because there's there's actually a lot of command available 
um, the, the, the command issue in the army was actually the Sam Knights. Because yeah. the, the original army on field, it had four units with the Sam Knights that all really needed to be doing something every turn and only a talented general to command them. And they were sometimes in different places, which made life even worse. Um, the revised list, the Samnites can probably be a little bit more coherent, especially with the light cavalry being able to be a sug if you need them to be. Um, so the Etruscan part of the army, basically each general was commanding two tugs and maybe a sug. There was lots of ability to manoeuvre. The Samnites with being being drilled can move around really quickly. So there was quite a lot of shuffling after deployment from time to time. I tried to get better PBS, but the cost didn't feel worth it for the amount of effort I had to put in to get the better PBS. So I just accepted the low PBS. I, I play a lot of low PBS armies and you just live with it. If if my opponent wants yeah. to put terrain down, fine. I've got some knights, they can fight in the terrain. Um, yeah. Yeah. I suppose if yeah, I, I, I can understand that. I, um, I think it's, it's a relatively easy army to deploy first compared to some. Yes. Um, so, uh, I, I, I can, I think it's an army you can get away with the low PPS, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we Cover that quite long, quite a lot because it's a interesting. Yeah. Would last question for Harry? Would you let Matt dice you an army up again? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, on that note, Harry, do you have a dice available with you at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what this is for. <laughs> I have a dice app. How many sides do you need on your dice? Uh, I have two armies for warfare, and I can't make my mind up. There is an option one and an option two. Nick knows which option is which. So if, if you would um, oblige me. Uh, do you want to do a D2 on my dice app? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's called the coin. I'm not sure this is the greatest piece of podcasting, but let's go with it. <laughs> Doesn't work on a visual really well, does it? It's Ooh. a two. Okay, option two it is. Option two. There you <laughs> go. Okay, right. After that hugely exciting piece of visual <laughs> broadcasting, um, we'll move on, shall we? And let, let's let's go on to, to Rob for the reasons I, I, I mentioned. Now, Rob, you you brought what a, a I, more mainstream army than the Etruscan. Yeah, I brought medieval Portuguese with English ally, which um, actually was the same list I took to. Well, it wasn't the same. It was the same army that I took to Skull Rollers last year, but changed from last year. Um, I actually, my my second best competition I ever did was Skull Rollers last year. So, <laughs> so there must be something with the the army that I like. But no, um, just to go through my actual list itself, I. Oh, <laughs> All right, do apologize. So, my phone just went off as they do. No worries. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, I'll put it on do not listen. Right, so yeah, in terms of generals, I went for an army commander who's competent professional, a sub commander 
of the Portuguese, which was competent, instinctive. And this is one of the changes I made from last year. I went for a talented professional ally, English, because one of the games last year, my uh, I had a competent professional and he ended up being um, a bit wobbly, shall we say? And that cost me, I got absolutely totaled in the game that I played against that. So I thought I've got to put everything. I did actually consider putting in a a legendary professional general and just the allied general at one point. But I (laughs) didn't go against that because I wasn't that brave, to be honest. I was just about to say, you know, we're just just talking about unusual things. That that is 10 cards. Yeah. Which most people would say is too low. Mm. So, well, yeah, I've got nine uh, tugs. So there's basically best Portuguese knights, which are form loose superior, fully armed charging, lance of dev chargers, melee expert, dismountable, the ones that Hammy was mentioning earlier, type things. Uh, in the front row with best sergeants behind, which are form loose, superior protected, um, dead charger, melee expert. Then I've got Portuguese knights, which are pretty much the same except they're average. And there's so that's two two tugs. Then the other addition that I brought into this one because they're actually worth it since the list changes last time, I added the military order knights, um, which I thought I'd try them out a bit because they're now now drilled loose as last 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 year they were only tribal I believe. Okay, it's quite a change. So that was the change, and so I thought, yeah, I'm bringing them out, and they're drilled loose, superior, fully armored, charging lance, a dev charger, melee expert, dismountable, and there's a tug of six of those, which is essentially the uh, tiger tank of the army. That's a lot of points. <laughs> One thousand six hundred thirty-eight. Yes. That's <laughs> which is why my army is anything then the the other third of the army is essentially the um cannon fodder as you say so two two units of uh portuguese spearmen which are form close average protected short spear shield wall um and a unit of crossbowmen average protected experienced crossbowmen combat shy and there's a, they're all in sixes that is very much the weak point of the army um so i was thinking uh, that's the area that if i do change it in the future i will look at that see if there is any way around that uh then there's the english third of the army which is got a unit of men at arms which is which are drill close average fully armored two-handed cut and crush melee expert um, and that's in unit six. Then we've got the retinue longbowmen with men at arms is a front row for the next tug, which are drilled loose, average protected skilled power bow melee expert. And then there's the second rank of theirs, which is retinue, just a retinue longbowman, which is drilled loose, average protected skilled power bow. It's like four. So that's the tug of eight. And then there's a bog standard English longbowman unit with the uh, form loose, average protected, experienced power bow. And there's a unit of eight of those. And 
a little skirmish unit of uh, six Jeanettes, which are average unprotected, experienced javelin, short spear, Cantabrian. Yeah. <laughs> and looking at that, there's something else I missed. You've got them as infantry because they're actually cavalry. Have I? <laughs> I did so well at this competition because there's actually, there's actually, another, there's, yeah, there's actually another list. At, well, I know there's an error as well that wasn't picked up. Oh, like yeah. Three, three, about 10% of the lists, I, I missed something. Oh, on that. dear. They should probably, yeah. Anyway. They didn't actually make any difference whatsoever because I hardly did anything with them in the entire oh, yeah, well, it's, 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 a, it's a, a catastrophe. Perhaps I ought to give up list checking. Well, um, I mean, perhaps it's something for Matic, and he, he just decided. Well, Hammy's just decided which list he's going to use for warfare. Yeah. I'm list checking for warfare. I mean, perhaps he can just send in an illegal list, and I won't notice. <laughs> change it and see what that difference would have made to my army list. Uh, it'll, it'll be a, it'll be quite a bit actually. <laughs> it'll be at least twenty odd points of base, because um, the Cantabrian won't have added. Actually, God knows what the Cantabrian did when he when he did it on foot. Anyway, importantly, yeah, back, ten points. I will be changing that list anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why I did so well because I had sort of Jeanette's that didn't do anything. But no, well, Jeanette's and it it wouldn't have made much difference to my yeah. actual games. Um, I say, anyway, I was, how, how did the ten cards go? Ten cards actually was it was actually worked out quite well because. There was enough cards to command the main bulk of the army. Um, I did struggle occasionally when I got commanders out of, uh, and I had to move the commanders about a bit, um, just to get them in range. But that might be my bad deployment rather than anything. <laughs> also, or the fact that uh, one of the games I, I sent my uh, uh, military order knights round round the back of uh, Will's army to take out his camp and that had the general with them and then moved the general just before the, the they got hit in the back and absolutely trashed <laughs> <laughs> by long spear. <laughs> long, long spear. So, yeah. you know, so obviously you say you've, you've changed the army a bit since yeah. last year. Um, would you put your your improved performance down to the changes you've made or or I think experience it, you know I think it's probably experience I mean I I think I thought about the the first game a lot more than I have done in previous it's thinking about what I'm going to do the tactical so the first start it was because the first game I came up against was uh the one of the Japanese samurai armies mm -hmm. um, can't remember which one it was um Maramoto, is it Maramoto? There was, there was a Muramachi. Muramachi. Yeah, was Muramachi, wasn't it? He played first. And yeah. um, my last experience with samurai armies was in one of the ice and fire competitions where I faced three in a row and but got that... absolutely, my Indians got absolutely totally <laughs> samurai. So I, have, I had a healthy fear of samurai armies. Um, so I had a battle plan in place for that. Keep keep the field as free of terrain as absolutely possible, and just concentrate on the flank. And it, it seemed to have worked out with my cavalry. And then the rest of the army was just a holding force. Yeah. 
and I came out with a 15 nil on the first game and I was like, oh my God, this is all right. I'm at the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> so improved enough to be leading the competition after the first round. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, and then got brought back down to a bump with the second game where I got beaten 15 nil. Um, <laughs> the uh, medieval or the feudal English, I believe it was, Gareth. Gareth Army, yes. Yeah, yeah. I so, just didn't know what to do against that. That was just... 30, 34 bases of knights. Yeah. Um, nearly all of them superior. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I fought just, that in the third game. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's... Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that one will crop up a bit later. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, I think it, I am getting more used to playing and understanding what I need to do in in the games it's taken a while but then i you know it's harder to learn things the older you get <laughs> <laughs> and as i'm 49 tomorrow i'm going strong uh, well this is a mere 49 <laughs> youngsters i don't know <laughs> but yeah so no it's uh i really enjoyed it i mean it's it's really and but to be honest though after that first day it was actually the two games on the sunday which were actually came down to who broke the last tug first? So, so yeah. two 15 8 games, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. More than the, the 15 nils or the other way around. So, yeah. so just to everybody else, you know, the, as you, uh, you know, as mentioned before, that, that 10 cards, what do other people think mm -hmm. about that? You know, do we sometimes take too much command? I, <laughs> I, I can't say I'm happy with a tin card um, <laughs> army. Usually, you're you're reacting to what your opponent does too often. Seems to me, with the tin cards, um, you have Maybe. to play first, and then your opponent can choose to go to the range they want. Um, I've done it with an Edward the Fourth army. I wonder if these maybe smaller but quite tough medieval armies, especially if you've got two or three decent ranged units like the the longbowmen, a bit easier to use with that. I wouldn't want to use ten cards with a horse archer army. That's for sure. I'm not. I'm not sure about using a small number of cards with any army that has a significant missile component to it. My prop, the problem with the longbowmen is, is all well and good. You know, you put your longbowmen somewhere in range, and then the other guy walks up three to walks up towards you and can potentially get right up close and personal. Now, at least in the Portuguese, the the longbowmen have got melee capabilities largely, so you know the, there's ways around that, and it's not quite so bad. An army that doesn't have a lot of missile power. You can manage. You you you've just got to be bold, sticking your opponent, get get right in your opponent's face, and say deal with that. Um, something like the 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 feudal English army, with you know Gareth's feudal English, mm. that could probably manage with not that many cards. I'm not sure how many cards he had. I was he actually had eight. So uh... yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was just in your face. Sorry, sorry, yeah. no, hang on, no, I've miscarried. He had. 12 sorry well, no it was 12 but you 12, have two mediocre yeah. two mediocre subs. 
yeah, yeah, sorry, well, yeah. But I think you could ma that could manage with fewer because yeah. definitely so, allow me I'm looking at. <laughs> it, it's it's a ch it's a handful. I think you to to run an army with not many cards, you've got to be positive and aggressive with it, and stick it in your opponent's face and rely on them not being able to walk past your flanks. You've got to keep fairly compact. You can't leave gaps, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it's doable. Maybe that's a challenge. Perhaps it's a sort of top of my head because I said in a previous podcast, the Byzantine one we did, Philip Powell mm. had his Nikephorians, which was entirely mounted. I think it had nine. It was oh, it was a low card and, army. And that, he, yes. In a four in a four game competition, he'd done very well in three and sort of came unstuck in the last one, sort mm. of thing. But he didn't exactly. seem to think. I wonder if it's mounted ones can get away with it because you can just get across the table so much quicker. You know your point, Hammy, about keep compact, get in their face, and if you if you're infantry, you're probably only doing it at three base widths unless you're something like Swiss or yeah, Land Grant Company with fleet of foot as well. But if you do it with cavalry, you know knights moving five, you know move 10 in the first move possibly or at least move two four away from your enemy in the first move i mean i have to say with my um army because it's sort of broken down into three into the three usable sections i mean you've got the three units of the portuguese best knights the normal knights and the military order as one group under a a competent commander so they've got three cards to move so you can move pretty much them on two cards um and then it's the same with the english they've got four cards but there's three units so that gives us that and then there's the oh, when all is lost unit of the not of the short spear and crossbowmen which could are sort of almost like a standing force that sort of are like the anvil i guess so you don't really need to move them that much and they and to be honest i found that i didn't i let people come on to me and just hit them with the knights on the side so that's sort of where and i actually normally put the genets with the um that unit so they sort of gave a little bit of annoyance around the around the flank just to slow down them before they hit the thing so it was sort of more like and i didn't i don't think i think it was about once that i found that i was the cards just went against me but that, that was because the whole hand was absolute once but you get that in any game whether you've got five cards or you know, <laughs> you've got really good cards and you know number of cards and it just goes wrong but yeah okay yeah i think matt any thoughts from you I'm, I'm, I'm just on this this sort of number of cards business i'm, I'm very much in richard's camp i don't I, i'd have sleepless nights if i had less than 11 cards i really would <laughs> coming up to a competition i i just uh, but but hammy and is uh, right as well that you know it depends entirely on the army and my armies don't cope well with small numbers of cards yeah <laughs> basically you know how can you fight with cavalry in the woods if you haven't got plenty of cards to get them moving I mean, it's just a point. Or, or get them into the woods in the first place if the woods exactly. are in your deployment area you 
it is, yeah. Okay, okay. I just, I've got one last comment on, on this, uh, which uh, in a game earlier this year against um, Robin Spencer Devisers, he had an army, I think it was a Macedonian army with 10 cards. And I have to say, I think he played one of the best games he's ever played against me with that army. And I, I partly put that down to, because the army was perfectly good composition, but I sort of put it down to the fact that he had to be focused with the 10 cards. Yeah, he made the moves he had to move and and uh, I found it very difficult. to. Well, I didn't break it down. I think he, that we had a, an unfinished game, but he, he scored slightly more than I did. So, yeah. Mm. So, okay, any, any, anyway, so, thanks for that, Rob. And again, obviously, congratulations. I think it was a, a yeah, developmental year-on-year -year improvement there. You know, experience from what you're saying and different army. Of course, experience allows you to change the army, doesn't it? So, mm. yeah. yeah, but... Since it was mentioned, it's certainly one, you know, to the idea, other lists that caught our eye. I think it's been mentioned a couple of times. Robin Hammy play, played it. I said, with list checking, I went, oh, it was Gareth Evans's feudal English army, which just of sheer brutality. Again, it was, it, was, it was nine tugs. Four of them were a French ally, three of which were sixes of full fat knights, you know, superior, fully armoured, charging lancer, dev charger, melee expert, sergeants in the second rank, protected and no charging lancer. You know, a couple of English knights who were tough enough, um, another small unit of superior knights. and all The superiors are all fully armoured as well yeah. in, the, in the English army. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, might be the, it was a small unit, it's only four, but they were all four were fully armoured, so super, yeah, full fat knights, and um, three, uh, three units of infantry in the army that... Mainly, sure against what, me, they hid the infantry. Yeah, but I'm not sure what they did, but it was just the sheer brutality of it. Tell me about it. It was one of those, when, when I saw it, it was like, whoa, okay, this is going to be a challenge. Fortunately, we have spears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, I mean, and you know, Gareth won both his games. I think he um, 15 0 both. For, yeah, he yeah. got 15 0 well, in the first two games. 15 0 Rob, and if he was playing Rob, he can't have yeah. lost. Yeah, well, he had a 15 0 in the first game and 15 0 against me. Yeah, so he was 13 0 after the first round. You know, I was just sort yeah. of impressed because I think there were a couple of armies in these that were just like that they were just shit brutal they were doing nothing but lining up six or so units that were just going to launch themselves at you uh, that if uh, of my games that actually was the one where having a poor pbs and scouting was probably the most significant because i didn't expect that many nights you know, I was expecting more of an English army than a French army. Yeah. Um, I, I've played similar armies in in against similar armies in DBM where there's a a monumental ally. Um, but yeah, all those knights went down, and there were infantry frantically charging across the battlefield with their long spears to get in the right place. And <laughs> fortunately, they did just about manage it. You know, yeah. so yeah. Hmm. Yes, it was the army that caught my eye, I must admit. Um, uh, I was going to mention that one. The, the other one that definitely caught my eye was the Mound Builder. 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, so we we we, we have to mention Matt McVeigh's mound builder, don't we? We do. Um, oh, take it away. <laughs> well, I, I just, um, yeah, very impressed. I mean, it's fifteen tugs, five sugs on top of that, all infantry, all tribal loose, except for the skirmishers, obviously, um, uh, and. Yeah, you've got nine units with uh, integral shooters. Six of them have um, short spear melee expert. The others are just short spear integral shooter, and three of the three of them are superior. Um, and legendary instinctive army commander, I like it. Three competent instinctives. Um, yeah. Go for it. <laughs> and, and, I mean, I can't it, imagine what other tactics you could use, but go for it, really. It's an all-foot army with a PBS of seven and a scouting of three. Three. <laughs> Which isn't that shabby. Yeah. Well, with with the legendary general. You 40, 42 um, skirmishing foot, so that's 1.4 <laughs> uh, scouting points there, and you've got the legendary as general as well. So, yeah. uh, and with the legendary three general, scouting, yeah, the legendary general, you've got a good chance of winning that initial dice roll for invading, defending. So, reasonable, reasonable control on the territory types as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, glad to see. It. Glad to it see was, it was there. I'm not, was. I'm not sure how I would fight that army <laughs> against it. It's, it's, there's a lot of it that's quite oh, scary. The, well, the army I took, which was Seventh Crusade, I think I've just been swamped. It's one of those, you know, two or three of my units would have probably broken a unit in that, and the rest of the army would have the, disappeared. The, <laughs> the, the weakness of the mound builder is it's tribal. And. So whilst the best warriors and the honoured men, I don't know if they're forced to all be in separate commands, they might be, so they can't be clumped together. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the key is to find a, a weaker part of the formation and yeah. force him to be tribal and not manoeuvring, because tribal is tribal's limiting, and there yeah. are weak points in it, but it's a bit very yeah, there's some poor units and some archer units which could be vulnerable. No, I'd agree actually. The the vulnerability is not the fact it's entirely loose tugs. It's the mm. fact they're tribal. Yeah. Mm. Same problem uh, I have with Indians. It's, mm. There's a lot of the earlier Indian armies. There's a lot yeah. of tribal stuff in there. Yeah. Although they are all sixes as well, which that combination tribal and sixes, if you get a bit isolated. <laughs> Or somebody gets round you a bit, you yeah. know, a unit can explode fairly quickly. But I think, I think the, the, the core problem for me would be tribal, definitely. Yeah, but the challenge to beat it, to beat it, you've got to, got to kill eight. <laughs> yes. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'd, I'd kind of be hoping that I'd end up facing it with that stupid Sassanid Persian army of mine, which is 24 cataphracts, of which 18 <laughs> are superior, <laughs> and hope I kill enough before he crumps my brains. Yeah. Yeah, actually, using something like that, I'd be very tempted to be deploying cataphracts one deep and not worrying about the dev charger, mm. or maybe yeah, four yeah. and two. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hope to get some shoves out of it or shatters off the dev charger two deep ones. 
and, and just <laughs> cause immense damage very quickly. So its numbers can't apply. Mm. It's, yes, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting army, and I'm glad I didn't fight it. I don't think I would have 15 it. I, I can't see how I'd 15 it. I, I don't think I would. Play fast. You, you have yeah, to play keep, keep simple try and get as many points as you can and yeah it, it, i mean it's it's not as bad as the libyans in that you can only nothing's get, as bad as your libyans yeah. <laughs> it's, it's got more tugs than the libyans the libyans have only got 13 tugs so it actually has more as... tugs than the libyans it's just eight sugs light so <laughs> yeah, the the nobles do have to be in their own command. So yeah, um, yeah. So that I, I think the, the key is to the key is going to be to pick on part of the army and try and smash part of it, and hope the tribal ties them down. Yeah, could also also say that when when Matt was Matt was another person who was getting close to the deadline, he was dithering about which army he wanted. I think he was choosing between this one that he felt probably wasn't that good really in a competition especially an open competition and presumably something else that he thought was better in the end he, he basically went i'll oh, hang it i'll go with this army because i've painted it and i want to get it on table yeah i did okay did okay got plenty of points it, it, it finished halfway up which i think is very yeah. respectable yeah. especially for the first time out with something mm. that is quite different I don't think it, you don't think you'd argue with that at all. No. So, you know, I, you know, if we see more of those, because the because there were actually two two America's armies, weren't there? Because Pete Bettany used Aztec as well. Oh yes, he did, didn't he? Oh, yeah, which yeah. I think he's used before. So, I mean, if they'd have fought, that would have been. I don't know if they did. I don't think they did. That would have been huge numbers of units on the table. Because <laughs> the Aztec isn't small, is it? I think. I think it's smaller than the um, than the mound builders, though. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd imagine so. Because Aztecs have, have actually got decent troops in. Them. Well, the mound builders have got decent troops. Yeah. The the superior short spear melee expert infantry are, are good. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yes, I, I've always found the Aztec hard to use. Uh, I must confess, it doesn't appear to be in your blog, by the way. The oh, Aztec I army. I thought it was. Oh, I must go and add that back in. Apologies to Pete for missing his no, army. Yes, Can't you're right. It. I was just looking for it as well. I couldn't see it. Um, oh, that's unusual. Well, I, will, I will add it back in. Good. So, anyway, I'm I'm glad they appeared. Oh, mm, makes, yeah. makes me feel my work on the American armies is not entirely wasted. <laughs> I have to confess, I don't have a lot of interest. I think I've commented to somebody recently, the only time I look at the PDFs is when I'm list checking. So, yeah. Matt, was there any any, any army that we haven't mentioned so far that that, that caught your eye out of the, uh, the entrance that you feel uh, yeah. deserve a mention? Um, Mr. Spedding's um, Milanese where I put the list. Italian States Milan. Uh, simply because he did really well with it for an army that rarely does well, if you see what I mean. It's a very hard army to... to well, he, came, he came third. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Hammy won it with 60 points, won four out of four, well done. Uh, Sid was second with 54, you know, and then Keith, 52. 
Because I mean, it's a it's a very narrow army, and it's an army I've played around with quite a bit. I've I've used a Venetian version of it, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm stealing it. I think. Yeah, I've, played, <laughs> I've, I've got a Milanese army that I played at campaign last year, not but and it was very difficult to get a decent army. So there's there's various options on that. I mean, you can go a completely cavalry version of. You can. Yeah, I, I have cool. done that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how good that is because I wasn't brave enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think those those Italian wars PDF lists do tend to be narrow, don't they? Because oh. you get quite expensive troops. Um, yeah, yeah, the pike pike in particular, and and the fully armoured armoured horse charging lance and dev charger melee expert. They're not going to be cheap. No. Funnily I enough, mean, you, know, you can't imagine why they're expensive. Yeah. <laughs> not the most expensive troops. Oh, got Lansnet, no. which is interesting. Yeah, he, he well, the, had two Lansnet Kyles, one of the melee expert. You know, the, the melee yeah. expert wants 1,400 points. You know, that's. Yeah, that's but he's, he's got a unit of four bases that's 1,000 points. Yep, that is true. Superior, absolutely full fat, drilled. Dev charge melee expert charging lancer, armored horse, armored foot, yeah, the lot, everything. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're hope you're hoping your opponent doesn't roll the wounds because <laughs> he's almost certainly going to be rolling the white dice. <laughs> yes, he's lucky. Black <laughs> dice if he isn't. I, um, I will point out, Hammy, that I, I think my army had the unit that beats that one in terms of on that because because I. I in my seventh crusade, I had the my military order brother knights. Which do all that in the fanatics. So you're four bases of drilled loose, superior fully armored, charging lance, dev charger, melee expert, fanatic. Four bases, 1,480 points. Yeah, but they are fanatics. They're great. They are ridiculous. <laughs> no, they're great. In, fanatic, in, in, fanatic knights are scary. In, in one game, they did get down to the one wound level. Oh wow! <laughs> I I then did buy it off and charge a unit in the flank with them. <laughs> yeah. And in my in my last game, which was against Paul Stovell and his Swiss, which was this this was this was the apogee really. They charged a Kyle in the rear, okay. whilst it was frontally engaged with another unit, and they absolutely ripped it. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed that. One thing I found with fanatics is um, fours of fanatics, once they're reduced to a single base, are really hard to kill because there's only one base in contact and it reduces the amount of dice that they get coming in against them. And, yeah. and it's, tough, it's a tough base. So they'll quite mm. often be fighting somebody's on a white and even if they've got two yeah. over, two supporting files, two black, white and two blacks. Two yeah. green. And, exactly. and if they've got a general rallying off the wounds, all the yes. all you need to well, kill the two wounds, and that from well, if, a black and two or mm. two blacks and a white is exactly. very difficult. Exactly. Yeah, exactly what happened when my unit got down. Well, I mean, though those brother knights are, are just ordinary fanatics, if you like. They have to have a general with them to stay fanatic. Oh dear. <laughs> so, <laughs> and and in my army, I ended. I, I've previously put a mediocre general with. Them. It's dangerous. Don't do it. I put a talent in because then he can, he can he can fight reasonably comfortably as well. Yeah. Even if they I, I even had if, the before they're down to their one base. If they lose a base, yeah. he's a talented chance of dying. Gladi gladiators in a slave revolt army 
with a mediocre general and a unit of fanatics. If you fight with the mediocre general when, when the unit is reduced below X bases, yeah, breaking level, you end up you can end up with the general dying and the unit breaking. Yeah, so, taking two cabs for seeing a. Yeah. Yeah. So My advice, if you're facing them, is to hit them in the flank with elephants. Bad work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd put the general oh. into combat in that case. <laughs> in, I did actually have a melee in one of my games that I played where my opponent didn't bother turning to face to a flank contact because he knew he was going to die. And the melee with a, a single firefighting and an overlap rolled three reds and a yellow. <laughs> You're going to tell us it was two S's in a blank now, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, he got, he got, it didn't need a lot. It didn't need a lot. But yes, yeah, it was three double red for the the basing contact and the 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 overlap was down a grade so only red yellow yeah. okay right and before we move on to 2024 there, were there any other lists that people just want to say Pechneg. sorry Pechneg. um james's james, james mcmeekin's Pechneg. yes a uh, different uh, army yeah yeah I I have played it not at uh, obviously not at this competition but at Beachhead a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how well James did. I must confess, but um, I thought I think he was twentieth. Uh, yeah, when when he used it at Beachhead, I have to say it was he was struggling to figure out how to use it, um, and it was fairly easy to defeat at that point i don't know if he's improved with it since but it still strikes me as quite a tough ask it's, it is a tough ask because it's mainly uh horse skirmishing horse archer sugs which can just be pushed yes. if you know what you're doing i think it's against an expert a player who knows how horse archers work you can negate or push away the skirmishing horse archers and concentrate on his five tugs two not terribly great war wagon tugs and three okay but yeah there's only three of them <laughs> tugs of, of nobles they are all sixes mm. superior charging lancer but yeah you, i think it's, it's one way if you're fighting it if you you beat yourself by becoming distracted from what you need to do to win the game. Yes, but it, it's a different army, you know. It's oh, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, and it's probably good fun to use. <laughs> oh, yeah! All credit for using it. And, and then there's then there's the five the five tug Roman. We need to talk about that. Mr. Richard Richard Basilowski. Yes, five tugs. Mm. It's Five tugs, all legionaries, all eight bases, three veterans of superior, impact weapons, shield cover, melee expert, mm -hmm. Caesar's tensile legion, so that's exceptional and the same. And the weak unit is merely average impact weapons, shield cover, and melee expert. And then he's got three skirmishing units. Uh, that are all pretty good. Two of them are skilled, Cretan archers, a nine of Cretan archers, a six of um, Numidian cavalry, and then a another light horse which does also has cantabrian so yeah, they, can yeah. all, they can all shoot on improved dice mm. 
It's got a legendary professional general, competent and a mediocre. So, you know, he's, he's only got nine cards, but that's more cards than he's got Uggs, <laughs> including yes. his skirmishes. <laughs> you know, average fortified camp, so he spent a bit to beef that up as well. Finished 12th. Focused. Focused. Actually, the, you know, again, a compliment to Richard that is due here is that, you know, a bit back, I remember him posting on a discussion group, that he felt, you know, he'd not been doing so well, and he realised that he'd been trying not to lose instead of not is trying trying to win. Mm-hmm. So one suspects that, you know, well done. You know, he's he's he sort of changed his changed how it is approached, and is presumably trying to kill things. It's important. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. So you know, again, Army's got PBS of nine, scouting yeah. of three. Even though it's <laughs> if you if you can get one legionary unit into one opponent and break it most armies will be in trouble if they've lost five tugs yes Uh, if each legionary can take a tug down then yeah yeah um and you you think yeah how am i actually gonna i don't really want to take it on but until i can get around those flanks and do something nasty um yeah it's it's a challenge yeah. In, in in many ways, I think that's tougher than the Swiss. I'll tell you yeah. what would make it tougher. Give two of the legions orb. So if you do get round the side, they can just... Mm-hmm. Um, you might just well, want to do the average one. Maybe, well, maybe you do the average one. There aren't the points there to do it. But the, the problem with orb is that as soon as you go into it, you're essentially... Killing your opportunity to do more damage. True. Yeah, this one, if you can get a, you know, get a secure flank, you can use, you can pivot off the fortified camp against some armies. It's not a, not narrow oh, either. You know, it can five, it can go one deep because it's yeah, impact oh, weapon. Got to say, yeah, yeah, some, yeah. Put that tenth legion one deep eight wide. <laughs> Buzzsaw. It's mm. it's horrible. Yeah, no, it's it's. it's uh, Again, it's just an immensely focused army, isn't it? We we're saying that about Gareth, you know, focused on half a dozen units of knights that are just going to ram their way into you. This is five incredibly dangerous units. You know, you're saying mm. the average one is nothing to be sniffed at. Oh, no, it's it's a good unit, the average yeah, one. And being eight bases mm. takes a lot mm. of killing. There's nothing weak in them. It's, it, everything delivered. Yeah, the, the weakest unit is probably the cavalry skirmishes, average unprotected, experienced combat shy Cantabrian. Yeah, but the skirmishes, so. But the skirmishes, it doesn't matter. And they're only weak because they're sort of Cantabrian, so they don't mm. always get a colour upgrade. <laughs> yes. Whereas the other two skirmishes do. <laughs> you know, it's so a that, good unit. <laughs> certainly a bit of a, a non-normal army anyway. It is, yeah. No, I think it's got a lot... It's just focused. Yeah, and then late Republican Roman, it was all about the legionaries. So why take anything else? Anyway. <laughs> An- another one glancing oh. through that leaps out a little bit is the Rajputs. Make this the last one or maybe the last yeah. one. The Rajputs. I wasn't so keen on that one. I, it's, it's I different. <laughs> it's been it's been used quite a lot in competitions over the last oh, yeah. few years. I'm not seeing um, that. Um, it's, also, it's, it the, 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 the interest 
sorry, the interest in that army is the fanatic Lancer, um, which um, boosts it, but it's it's. I, just I, I think it's a elephants. bit of a schizophrenic army. It doesn't know whether it wants to be a Lancer army or yeah. something I, else. I preferred the other one. I think it's the one I came up with that, and Keith Spedding used at BritCon yeah. last year, where you take the Tibetans just as the foot option. You don't mess around by having them as cataphracts. That, that. that will be an interesting discussion for our list change. <laughs> 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 that is true. I'd forgotten that, Richard. We'll come to that shortly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. La last shout out if Matt's got another one or whether we move on to the Richard Jeffrey Cook show. Well, we might as well move on because the one I wanted to talk about was the the, the Legion of Richard. So um, we've cool. already done that. So. Right. Okay. So as promised, we, we you know we are still quite a way out from 2024 realistically, but Richard has been working night and day i think given the amount of work that goes into these lists to to come up for the revisions that always take place to a greater or lesser degree so um i'll let him explain the process and and some some of the major sort of things he just wants to get ac across to you they may not all be major just interesting bits thank you nick okay so um First things first, we uh, upgrade the army lists each year. Um, we've been doing that since 2017, so this is nothing new. Um, we also have become very aware over the years that we have to be careful with the changes that we introduce. We're not trying to uh, wreck anybody's um, preferred army. Um, and we don't, we know that people put a lot of effort into selecting and painting their armies. So we do try to be careful. Um, there are a lot of lists and each year it actually surprises me, um, which changes, um, provoke comment and which don't. Um, the stage at the moment I should explain is that I have put out a set of potential list changes on the Meg forum in the list section, and they are only uh, at this stage possible changes. They're not none of them are set in stone. Um, and the next stage will be after the competition at warfare. I will release the sets as draft sets. So you'll actually see the draft armies. Um, and then again, that will be with a careful notice saying we can still change things. Um, and then they will only be firmed up uh, when we're happy with them, but hopefully by 1st of January 2024. So moving on to the changes themselves, the, the there are four changes that affect quite a lot of lists. Um, so I'll cover those ones first. Um, the biggest change in terms of the number of lists affected is we're giving a, a essentially an all or none option to barbarian armies that have devastating charger foot um so that if they are devastating charge of foot they will become 
charge only javelin short spear. Um, Just to reinforce that one, that is option. It is an option. It's an all or none option um, that we are providing. Um, the rationale behind this is essentially the idea that um, barbarian warriors were just nutcases who went charging forward um, in all circumstances is largely, I think, discredited, certainly amongst academic circles and quite widely, I think, amongst the wargaming community as well. Um, however, um, they traditionally have been devastating charger and uh, we wouldn't want to remove that option. Um, so we've we've basically made it an all or none option. But it, it's actually slightly more complicated than that, but uh, you can have the um the sort of average warriors as charge only javelin if but you can't have them as dev charger if, and then have the nobles as charge only javelin options right. um the uh yeah i mean in terms of effect um there are pluses and minuses um they're slightly less impactful because the charge only javelin short spear combination isn't as strong an impact as the dev charger would normally be uh, with its shatter. Um, but set against that, you don't have the impetuosity of the dev charger. Um, along with this change, um, we've also, where we have barbarian mercenaries in what I would put in quotes as a civilized army, typically Greek or Roman. Um, here we have made the change so that mercenaries generally are charge only javelin short spear. They're not the dev charger option. Um, so that's not being provided an option, that is a change. Um, the armies affected quickly are Bosporan, uh, early Ptolemaic, Ptolemaic, later Ptolemaic, Later Spartan, Epirate, Later Macedonian, Hellenistic Greek, Hellenistic Spartan, Mid-Republican Roman, Late Republican Roman, Early Carthaginian, Syracusian, Later Carthaginian, Spanish Satorian, Bithynian, Attalid, Pergamene, Early Seleucid, Seleucid, Pontic, and Early Post-Roman British. Um, I think the, the interesting effect is actually on the Later Carthaginian Army, where you can have a much more uh, controllable Carthaginian army and I, I believe genuinely that plays much more as a Carthaginian army should. Um, we, we discussed that a bit in the podcast we did on Carthaginian armies didn't we? We did. Um, yes um, because of that you know um, Cane being a an example of that where Hannibal mixed his um, Spanish and Gauls together which doesn't really work if some of them are devastating charges. Indeed. So um, I, th I think, um, yeah, the, the advantage for this, these civilised armies, as I've referred to them, is that they won't have an impetuous unit if they take the barbarian mercenaries in the midst of their generally less impetuous army. So uh, um, anyway, we'll, we'll 
see how that one goes. Yeah, and just another thought on that, Richard. Sorry to break your train. Yeah. <laughs> is is that I I would expect most of his armies. We're talking a unit or two. Indeed. As opposed to the big like Gallic mm -hmm. army, where you're talking the army. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you're looking at something like Threco-Macedonian, where you take a lot of Thracians, they will still be um, the Dev Charger option because they are a whole tribe yeah, yeah. Um, engaged in the army rather than just the um, individual units. So right. don't panic is what I would urge. <laughs> We've got very, um, very take, take a look at the lists and we'll, we'll see what comments we get back from those. Yeah. Thank you. Um, another significant change, um, but one I genuinely believe is for the better, is um, Cretan archers or Cretan archers. Um, in fact, there's for a long time, I've well been aware that actually much of the evidence for Cretan archers suggests actually they weren't protected, uh, may have carried shields on occasions. Um, and so um, we're basically regrading uh, Cretan archers to protected experienced bow, but we are keeping the option to retain a, a sug of skilled bow in those armies. So um, would they be protected as well, or they'll be they... unprotected? Oh, they remain so, as they are. Yeah. So they remain as they are, unprotected skilled bow, but uh, with the option to regrade. You can put it that way to protect yeah. experience but um the one exception will be the army of demetrius the seleucid army um which uh, has a large number of cretan archers uh apart from the single first unit all the other units uh, the sugs will um be reclassified with the protected experience bow option um that's army 2811 which i think is the seleucid uh oh yes seleucid list um yes, seleucid, not early seleucid, that's yeah. Right. yeah most of those armies actually in effect it's it's giving the army an option between protected experience bow and the unprotected skilled bow i think a couple of them could take uh, multiple units of cretan archers so in those cases, they can take one as unprotected skill build bow. Any further ones have to be experienced bow. Yeah, I would get the vast majority. You can only have a single sug yeah. of either six or nine. Indeed. Sometimes you're only limited to six as well, I think. But yeah, um, so. so, yes, so that, that affects about 20 armies in total. <laughs> Um, all in the classical period. Um, say, most of them, it's just an option in reality. Yes. Um, uh, but I, personally, I think protected experience bow might be an interesting option to take. I think that could be, could be very interesting. Um, so uh, it, 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 it hopefully will throw quite a lot of interest. Um, the last change that affects a significant number of armies is a, just a bit of an obscure one. But uh, I've given the option for melee expert to Ghazi and volunteer infantry in various Arab armies, um, <laughs> because otherwise they they just were really rather useless. Um, so that that includes 
Um, they're mostly Arab armies in the early medieval Arabia list, um, but it also includes, I think, one the Syrian states uh, army list from the Crusade period as well. Having um, ha having used a unit of the Bidin army once, yeah, they're not great. Melee expert will actually just <laughs> make them more attractive. That, that, that said, I think it was an eight or a nine base unit, so you'll have to find best part of 100 points to do it with. Yeah, so. it does make them more expensive as, as ever with these things. Yeah. So um, so those, um, those are the changes that affect quite a wide number of armies. Um, Sadly, I don't have the three and a half hours to bore everybody with the other changes, most of which are incredibly minor. Um, but there are a few which uh, I think are worth further comment. Um, I know one that has drawn a large amount of attention is the New Kingdom Egyptian list. Um, just because I threw in the comment that we're reducing the maximum number of chats of the, and this is just the Egyptian chariots. It excludes Pharaoh's guard and Syrah Canaanite chariots from 24 to 18. Uh, I must confess I was sort of puzzled at the strength of the reaction, given that it's quite actually quite hard to use all the chariots in the New Kingdom Egyptian army. But um, clearly there's a lot of feelings, so I am going back and re examining that army list so uh hold fire and see what you think when you see it on the um draft list please um but i mean that my main concern with that new kingdom egyptian army is the ratio of chariots to infantry was uh roughly one chariot to 250 infantry Whereas if you look at the Hittites or the uh, Mitanni, then the ratio of chariots to infantry is about one chariot to every hundred infantry. So right. it does does um, does the Egyptians should rely more on their infantry. Um, but okay. we'll wait and see on that. Yeah, um, see, see that one. I, I I must say I I because I've got a Hittite army. Not an, although I'm making a New Kingdom Egyptian army at, at the moment, and I've got a Hittite army list that I've used for two competitions that has 30 chariots in it, and that, that's that's enough. You, <laughs> I'd, I'd actually not if I if I wanted to fit more in. I just wonder what what it's one of those. I think if I gave up some other troops to get more chariots in, the army would actually get worse. But you know, it's obviously my opinion, and you know. Yeah. There, there, there are undoubtedly some people out there who have bought more and painted more than 30 New Kingdom Egyptian chariots. So, you know, I can sort of have some point in that. But anyway, enough of that. It's under review is the big message there, isn't it, Richard? Indeed. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and a, a, a change which I actually think um, is an improvement is we've made to some of the uh, Norman and Norman in Italy and Sicily lists. Um, and this I have to credit Matt McVeigh for in that the um, uh, we're giving them basically the Norman militaries an option to become servientes 
which allows them to throw javelins rather than be lancers. Um, so this is um, um, this occurred far more than I realised, I have to say, and it was only on um, Matt's prompting and re-looking at the sources. Um, so um, this will be an option within some of the Norman armies. Um, again, it's an option. It, they're not. It's not a compulsory one. You can keep your Norman army as it was, should you wish to do so. Um, Another um, one that is drew a lot of comments and which I have actually um, withdrawn as a change as it is was the uh, idea of the Caroccio or the Ark of the Covenant being a mobile superior camp uh, option and then recovering wounds that I've actually um, added now in as a scenario rule so not for tournament play um, but it will be um, in a range of the armies uh, around the Holy Roman Empire so it occurs in the Anglo-Norman in the Battle of the Standard it occurs at Bouvines uh, where the Correggio of Otto was actually sacked and some commentators led to its explanation as to why Otto lost the battle. Um, they also appeared, and I've, I guess are best well known, as um, appearing in the Italian arms. Well, they also got used in Hungary in 1167 as well. So they crop up all over the place. <laughs> Um, I still think there's an argument for the Arab conquest to have one for the Battle of uh, the Battle of the Camel. Yeah, was in a camel. Anyway, that's uh, that's one to argue. <laughs> that's that's one for the history. Um, uh, yeah, she was paraded around to try and convince the um, feuding uh, Arab armies that. Uh, they had right on their side, but uh, I'm not sure it's quite the same effect anyway. Um, another change I'm actually withdrawing um, is on the Almogavars. Um, I had considered a change of um, switching them to charge only javelin as opposed to impact weapon along again with short spear. Um, and on further reading of the sources and thanks to Nick and Dave for pointing various things out I've actually come to the conclusion no they are better off with impact weapon so that change uh, I, I've withdrawn. I've um, just done that Richard again because I, I, I can see where you're coming from I think they still remain a very difficult troop type to classify I, I I don't know what it is about Spain, but um, <laughs> why they why the particularly heavy javelin was more effective in Spain than anywhere else. Um, whether they did a lot of fighting in woods, perhaps. Um, a lot of those Spanish cavalry. mountains may have been quite wooded, but there you go. Um, so um, yeah, th those are some of the uh, changes there as I mentioned there are quite a lot of quite minor changes um, that uh, 
sort of people have pointed out and corrected uh, things for. I think it's probably. Um, is there any of these? Oh, I'll, I'll mention the uh, must invade option okay, on the army yeah, characteristics. Yeah. Like this, um, this is basically. I've always felt it's a bit silly when you get an army that, like the First Crusade, that essentially doesn't have a territory to defend that it, they can choose to defend. Um, and so uh, I've been looking at uh, possible armies that should, um, all, all things being equal, must invade. Obviously, if you get two armies that must invade facing each other, you just roll off as normal. Um, and if uh, you still roll the dice because the army may still get the strategic intercept option. Um, but uh, um, it's, it's basically it's the opposite of the, it's the Knights of St. John one, isn't there? There's at a certain point they have to defend. Yes, uh, yes, this is this is the reverse option that they have to uh, invade. Um, and uh, there, there are various um, armies where that's involved. I suppose the other one that's raised quite a bit of comment, so I mentioned, is the medieval Welsh French allies. Um, <laughs> so, Amy's doing the happy dance. Yeah, what they are, what they're going to be is a, a medieval Welsh army at a specific date can take a single allied contingent of a single UG of six men at arms and two crossbowmen. It's probably right, to be honest. <laughs> there were about two and a half thousand of them. Yeah. Although they, they did get some horses to be able to remount the knights, but the horses were a bit rubbish. Because yeah, all the good and, horses died on, fact, the on, the, on the way when, over. When, when they were actually used, I think they the one account where they actually were used was they were on foot. So No, it makes uh, sense. Having them on foot, that, to be honest, makes sense. I, I don't have a yeah. problem with that. <laughs> so anyway. It's it's there, um, and I suspect my fear is that all you're going to see is medieval Welsh allies, Welsh armies yeah. with a French allied contingent. But uh, almost nobody, see. almost nobody used them back in the days of DBM. Only <laughs> me, really. Um, so, so Richard, going to say that on the forum you've said four men at arms and two uh, crossbowmen. So yes, that's correct. Six, that sounds about right. Good. Four and two. That, it yeah. was a it was a small contingent, but they yeah. were definitely there. But, you know. So anyway, after 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 the after the campaigning, it's gone in. Yeah, Richard, could I possibly ask you to mention one points change because I think it's material. I was, well, I was going to mention the points changes. So in terms of points changes, um, we are now going to make shoot and charge. Uh, points uh, related to the shooting skill, not the quality and protection of the troop. So if you have unskilled shoot and charge, you'll find they become significantly cheaper, um, quite often two points. Um, if you have skilled shoot and charge, of which I think it's an option for Albanians, Hungarian, Hunnic, and somebody else who's I've forgotten. It's, it's Albanian Korean. principalities, Hunnic, 
Josie and Korean and the Mamluk Egyptian okay, one Egyptian. unit of the um, Sultan, Royal Mamluks can have yeah. it. Turn so, armored horse yeah, if you have those, you're going to find they're more <laughs> expensive, um, significantly yeah. more expensive. But then skilled shoot and charge is quite a lethal combination in the yeah. right situation it has been significantly undercharged and as yeah it was too cheap and I, I, beginning, it's yeah. for, for for the huns because they are average and unprotected at the moment it costs six points to add shoot and charge and that quite frankly is ridiculous <laughs> Lilo. absolutely i i i, I, I agree 100 percent. i noticed I it when i jigged my syria yeah. army around and it was yeah. like really yeah, I, I'm using a Hunnic army this weekend, which will probably be after <laughs> this. This podcast will become after, after I've used it. You know, it, it just you know, I've got plenty of skilled shoot and charge in there. It's just you know, the, next year's army will take some serious tweaking <laughs> because I, I expect to take a very yeah. big hit on and that, and quite rightly. You almost never take shoot and charge on the unskilled javelin infantry exactly. because it costs too much. It needs to change. I, I have no issue with it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other change we are making is to, well, a couple of others, but we're making a change to obstacles and barricades such that um, regardless of the troop type, the, the they will always be the same points per base. So okay. there'll always be 20 points for obstacles and 40 points per base for barricades. That just uh, removes the uh, option of, what was you? You did it, Matt, didn't you? Skirmish, poor <laughs> oh, skirmishers yeah. um, with barricades and they end up dirt cheap. Yeah, it, it's 300 and something points for nine bases of barricades, basically. Yes, so so basically, Matt, this this is Richard nerf, nerfing his fellow podcast team members, isn't it? Your barricades and my shoot and charge. <laughs> oh well, he's yeah. doing the, the shoot and charge of my Koreans. So the shoot. Well, that's true. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I yeah. will. I will point out that I think I mentioned the shoot and charges being wrong eighteen months ago, um, and it didn't get changed because it was late twenty twenty two that yeah. I spotted it. Uh, it 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 just is. It's got to change because it's wrong. Yeah, yeah it, it's the most complicated formula change I've had to put into the entire army list. Um, um, but it's uh, definitely wrong. Having, <laughs> having done it, it's now done. So uh, yeah. that one. The other change, um, which you will notice with the army builder, you wouldn't notice with the list, is that we're proposing to drop the price of a talented professional cnc by 50 points okay um so uh, that will um drop to 1100 instead of 1150. there had been various comments that nobody takes talented professional generals because they're too pricey yeah so we'll see i've ever taken one um no i can't yeah the, the the price puts me off yeah i think that's a that's a reasonable step rich it's not going too far so they become risk take they suddenly become default i uh, 50 know. 50 points is helpful but it's hardly uh earth shattering yeah but <laughs> it might just give you that extra tug you hoped for with your talented professional 
it might just tip things. Okay, R Richard, thank you so much for, for that. Uh, on top of the work you do, I don't know if anybody else has got any comments. We've made a few on the way through. Were, was there a? I know it was mooted at one point. I don't know what was happening. Is there a change to the skirmishing points, as in the calculation to how many skirmishing cards? Uh, you get? Not that we did play about with the idea of scout changing the scouting formula. So Sorry, that, um, so that it would um, vary according to the terrain type. So that foot skirmishes would, for example, be more effective in mountain terrain. Um, we have dropped that basically because it didn't have a huge effect, and uh, it made the whole process more complicated. Uh, and we felt it wasn't worth the. Um, it was a nice idea, but we felt it wasn't worth the complexity. Maybe revisit at a later date. Uh, possibly. A, as, as part of a significant rules overhaul, so many, many years away. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's one that won't, won't be around for a few years yet, that's yeah, for sure. And, it, and even then, it might still come out as not worth the effort. Um, so. Rob, anything? Any thoughts? Um, I'm only pleased that there's some slight changes to some of the Indians that put forward has been taken up. Everything that I've been reading about them and trying to get, because there's not a lot of information about the Indian armies out there, but what you do find, you know, things like bows and things, they they did actually look at them as very a particular skill and as and up until i mean recently that you know they've all been just like experienced both yeah. it, and it's a slight seeing some of the changes to get some skill bow, bow into the armies is really good and more horses as well i believe yeah yeah Again, so that that will affect chola empire yeah. and Vich, i can't pronounce it Vijanaga, Vijanaga. okay that one <laughs> that's quite yeah again, again obviously a lot of these are yeah small details just encourage people to look through the or what's on the forum at the moment we'll put a link uh, and that. please uh if you feel something is wrong please feel free to say so but do it in a positive fashion um uh please i willing i'm quite happy to engage with people explain the reasons why and so on but please a rant that is nothing but i this is stupid isn't going to win me over <laughs> think that it's stupid <laughs> by all means <laughs> but yeah if, if we I'm, could, try, yeah. I'm, I'm trying my best you know seriously folks it, it, it is a big job it, you know like a lot of these things you oh, you know, it's it. We do to say thank you to the people who say thank you. Um, yeah, a, a bit of appreciation that the, these things are done for no remuneration. So, and and we all make mistakes. As you know, back to the skull rollers list checking. <laughs> Seems to be an ever-growing list of mistakes. I might say. You know, we're all human. Anyway, so thank you, to Richard. I think we're getting close to 
probably the, the end of this, but again, again so the, the Richard Jeffrey Cook show part two, because um, <laughs> Richard um, recently, might be last, last weekend, and was at the Society of Ancients annual conference, um, which I have to confess I've never been to, but every time I hear about it, I think I really must go to one of those. And I was just going to ask Richard if there was any, any snippets that came from that, because there's usually wide ranging discussions about various yeah. bits of ancient medieval history if anything came out you thought the podcast listeners might be interested in or may even impact on us in some way in the future okay just to explain for people who may not be aware the society of ancients we now call it a convention because we were worried oh, conference sounded too academic um essentially is held uh, at maddingly hall in cambridge which is the training centre for the University of Cambridge and a former stately home and is absolutely gorgeous. Um, the event starts on Friday evening where we typically play board games and then on Saturday and Sunday we have morning and afternoon sessions uh, which consist of about an hour's presentation by a learned speaker and the Society of Ancients is very fortunate to have uh, quite a few learned members amongst its membership uh, and followed by about three hours of gaming. Um, and we do. Uh, and between that, we have breakfast, uh, full sit down lunch and a full sit down dinner. Um, so uh, it's um, yeah, that that's the event um, this year. And sadly, our guest dinner speaker was going to be Adrian Goldsworthy. But sadly, Adrian had a death in his family, I believe, um, so was unable to uh, make the event, which was a shame. But we still uh, had a very good time even without that. And sadly, the flooding affected a few people. One person couldn't uh, make the event uh, from down from Scotland and a couple of people couldn't make the Friday evening because of flooding in Suffolk. Um, but uh, the of particular interest may be were uh, Ian Russell Lau did a excellent presentation on uh, his uh, rainbow warriors he calls them that's rain as in R E A R E I N bow warriors which is his late Bronze Age chariot rules and he had quite a lot of inf useful information on the late Bronze Age and the effects of chariots and also the effect on arch of archers and slingers. Um, I, I'm, I'm please do not take this as a proposed rule change because it is not. <laughs> but I think uh, the bulk of academic evidence now suggests that a sling can be um, fired in the right hands at least as far as a bow. Um, the difference between uh, archers and slingers ranges in the rules I think is more for games purposes than actual history um, and he also pointed out that um, uh, the large volume of foot archery was definitely a threat to chariots um, um, which um, it was and provided some sort of statistical and evidence from the sources on that uh which was quite interesting um well, in that, terms that, that, sorry richard that, that, sorry. Would, that would fit in with the comments you made earlier about 
Egyptian forces and number of infantry, wouldn't they? Because the, the infantry archers were a very significant part of the Egyptian infantry. Yeah, indeed. They, get, they usually um, get the headline billing for the infantry, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah, I mean, the... the um, the sadly I can't remember the exact figures but on the um steers the the that Ramesses had carved he does actually give a breakdown of the armies there is an oh, yeah. army uh, in effect an army list uh, <laughs> for the army of Tar I think it is which was one of the armies that marched yeah. to um uh to Kadesh so um uh, yeah, so um, it is. Um, there is some actual source information from from those as well. Okay, um, sorry, I interrupted your flow. There. That's it. Um, yeah, from a make point of view, um, one of the games I I ran on the Sunday was actually uh, the Make Pacto um, scenario of Dorileum that we discussed in a previous podcast. Um, and I have to say the people uh, uh, the people who played it seemed to enjoy it. There were five people playing and one spectating. Um, and we had a good time with that. I did it as a double size pacto, so each each hug was actually two base widths wide, so that was treated as a single file. Um, so I played it on a six by four table. Um, and we had some bizarre dice results, as you sometimes get in Pacto, but it turned out to be um, a, a tactical win for the Turks, uh, but a strategic victory for the Crusaders, because the Turks did quite a lot of damage, but they um, ended up um, being chased off by the reinforcements that came along from the Crusader yeah. side. Historical. Um, cool. The other thing I'll quickly get mentioned in while I can is <laughs> that at Warfare, alongside the tournament, uh, we will be running a Pacto and possibly Magna uh, refight of Hydaspes for anybody who's not a competitive wargamer or does can only make one day or just likes playing with 28 millimeter elephants. <laughs> <laughs> And who doesn't? The weightlifting is exercise. <laughs> it is, yeah. Okay, Richard, thank you very much for, for that. I think we have reached the end. I know Rob is about to leave us because he seems yeah. to be, have work commitment. So thank you very yeah. much, Rob, for being part of this. Thank I think Hammy may also have to uh, be leaving us. So thanks for Hammy uh, for explaining his randomly generated army. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll be choice anyway. Yeah, that little composition obviously wasn't. So, I think as Richard just mentioned, warfare is the next competition, um, which is the second weekend in November. Um, that's almost our last competition in the Meg world. There's one up in Stockport at the beginning yeah. of December, um, which I believe places are still available for. Details on the forum. And after that, we're into next year. You know, we're starting to get to the point where we are looking forward to Ice and Fire 3 at Battlefield Hobbies. I, Again, I think there may be a tournament in Europe for any of our European listeners. My apologies. I, there's I, a Belgium, one in Belgium in January, yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry, yes. There's one, 
yeah, so I was I was going to mention the Belden one in January because I think that's the week weekend after Ice and Fire. I think but so. I, yes. I don't it's... think. Let, let's just check. I haven't missed any in else outside of Europe. Yeah. I did end. go to the uh, the last event in Belgium and it was great fun. Yeah. I'm so. sorry, I, I think there's one in Athens the weekend after warfare in this country. Yeah. So apologies to the organisers of that one and anybody who's attending. So yeah, do try and I do try and remember the European ones. Try not to make this too uh, UK focused. I am <laughs> hoping to attend the tournament in Brussels. I've it's yet to place. sort my arrangements, but it's a good good place to visit. And yep. uh, uh, I know Steve Stead will be there, but please don't let that put you off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, only joking, Steve. Yeah, actually, no, I'd, 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 I'd spotted it on the forum. He'd said he'd, uh, he'd booked his uh, accommodation and tra travel there. So, yeah. So, so if anybody else wants to join in on a trip to Brussels, that, the beer there is terrible. Awful. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I, I would never go to Belgium for the beer. Oh, hang on, or is it the other thing? <laughs> Look, any any country that has menus in its pub for its beers has got to be good. <laughs> yep. You know, uh, yeah. So, just for the avoidance of doubt for our Belgian friends, we love your beer. <laughs> we we really do. So, okay, I think Matt, unless you've got anything to add to this, we might have reached the end. No, no, I think we're all, all good. I can now finalise my warfare list and send it over to you. <laughs> Option two, wasn't it? Option two, yes. Option two, I'm not sure I can remember which is one and two, so I'll, I'll leave that up to you. You, you know it, which is that. So. Yeah, yeah. And, it, it's uh, not the typical Matt list. It's the other oh, one. Oh, it's the other one. The other yeah. one. All right. Okay. There we are. And I'll, on that note possibly slightly mysterious note we will say thank you very much for listening as ever if you've got suggestions for things you would like to hear on the podcast please send them in we'd love your feedback um it's not for ratings or anything we just like your feedback to submit you know hopefully this is interesting and even useful on occasion to you all so thank you obviously rob's now left thank you to hammy for joining us Thank you to Richard and Matt for their attendance and thanks in advance for the to Matt for the editing work he does on the audio file. And yep. see you all soon.